0: You're listening to the Daily Mishnah Podcast with Benedict. For much of the masachet of Turumot, we've been dealing with, not just with numbers and quantities, but with mixtures of truma and ordinary food, with mixtures of truma and khulam. Now. In chapter nine, we diverged a little bit into planting of trummer, although we touched there as well on mixtures of different kinds of plants in a field. And now as we begin chapter 10, we're going to circle back into the question of mixtures, but we're going to create those mixtures by cooking. So until now, we've been maybe throwing a bunch of trummer into ordinary food, or Throwing a bunch of ordinary food into trauma, and we've been seeing what happens. Now we're going to cook with mixtures of trauma and ordinary food. We're going to have a look at the results, and we're going to learn that the, that the crucial dividing line is the question of taste. That if we can share a taste, and certainly if we can share a good taste, that is like sharing trauma. It's like pouring trauma into ordinary food and of course that will make the whole pile of whatever we've cooked from and we're going to find that sharing a smell seems to be different and getting a taste out of bad food seems to be treated by the Mishnah quite differently from putting a a good taste into food in other words sharing a taste is quite different from taking a taste out so those are the kinds of issues which we're going to look at we're going to, I hope we'll cover the first four Mishnayot of the 10th chapter. Well, let's see how we go. And let's just jump into the text and and see what it looks like. So the Mishnah begins with an onion, which is placed into a pot of lentils. Classic, classic, tasty food, which is placed into a pot of food that doesn't really have much taste at all. But So we got the onion in a pot of lentils. If the onion is whole, it's permitted. if, if it's whole, it's permissible. But if it, he cut it, if it gives flavor, and all other foods, whether whole or cut up, but not if if it gives or if they give flavor, and The Mishnah is curiously vague, by the way, as to what kind of which of these foods is Shruma and which is not. We're not quite certain. And the Rambam in his commentary and Bartanura agrees, by the way, that we could be looking either way around. Maybe the onion is trummer and the lentils are not. And maybe the Lentils are Trumor and the onion is not, and which way the flavour is going around, we're not quite we're not quite sure. The Bartonura brings a comment which I I'd hope would be on the source sheet. And I let me just find it. So the Bartonura actually articulates the principle, and I, I thought it was so important that I actually put it on the, on the source sheet. So the Bartonura says as follows. He says the Kohen tastes the food because the Kohen can is at liberty to eat either chulin or turuma. So you get a Kohen to taste the food. And if the Kohen can taste that the the the, the, the flavors transmitted, then we're going to need to declare everything as turuma. The whole dish is prohibited to foreigners, i.e. to non kohen and if you can't taste it, it's, the Bartanura says it's all chulin as it was, kushahaya. I think what he means is, anything that was chulin remains chulin, Because clearly, if the onion that we put in was originally a truma onion, it's still a truma onion. I, I'm assuming that's what the Ba'tanurah means. But the principle he's articulated is that everything depends on whether the taste is transmitted. And we're going to see this principle played out in the other Mishnayot in this chapter. So at the end of the first in the end of the first uh at the end of the first Mishnah, we began by saying "Bein Shalem bein but not in time. Whether it's whole or whether it's cut, it all depends on whether flavors transmitted. And Rabbi Yudah is going to throw in another another boundary case. Rabbi Yudah permits in the case of mashed fish. Because it only takes away the flavor; it doesn't add in. And by the way, the halacha doesn't go according to Rabbi Yehuda. So I don't think we're, we're not following here. But it's the principle he articulates is a really interesting spin on the principle that the Bara began to to teach us, which is that Rabbi Yehuda is saying, "Okay, I agree with you that giving flavor is like mixing trummer and chulin, but taking away flavor." Rabbi Huda, at any rate, says it's not. And along the same kind of principle, we're going to take an apple, we're going to grate it up, chop it up, and we're going to put it into dough, and it's going to leaven it. Remember, this is a time when people did not have, um, you know, freeze dried, a uh, freeze dried. Um, leavening freeze dried yeast so they could just throw it into dough to make it rise and people do use all kinds of other things to make dough rise and it's true that if you do put fruit, um, fruit juice or fruit stuff into dough it will start to ferment it will start to make it rise and the Mishnah seems to take the view that this is this is Transmitting an essential quality to the dough, just as much as taste is. If it started to ferment, asura—that's forbidden as well. The, the, this is clearly an apple of truma, and it's it's um, it, it it is it's impregnated the whole of the dough, not so much with taste but with leavening. And just like in the first Mishnah we're going to have. Um, a counter example after the first example, so, we've got barley falling into a water system. It stinks up the water and the water's permissible because we've got a stink here from a deterioration of the barley. The barley is not making the water stink. Sorry, the barley is not making the water taste of barley. It's just making it's, it, it's, it's making it stink as it degrades. The Mishnah is then going to go and talk about aromas. Harodeh pat. So, ro-deh te, ro- the, ro-deh means to take something out of the oven. Ha-ro-deh pat chama natana al pi yain Someone who takes warm bread from an oven and places it over an open barrel of truma wine. So the bread is basically sitting there and absorbing well is it absorbing the flavor of the wine or is it absorbing the aroma of the wine rabbi Meir forbids and rabbi Judah permits and maybe what is at issue here is whether the bread is really absorbing taste or aroma or maybe what's at an issue is whether aroma has is aroma material does aroma count or does just taste count Rabbi Yossi permits with wheat and forbids with barley because he says barley absorbs. So Rabbi Yossi seems to think that it's a question of physical absorption to do with the, with the nature of the dough or the nature of the bread. And the halakha goes according to Rabbi Yossi. But the question as to whether, whether aroma is material in terms of transmitting taste for the purpose of truma, is actually resolved in the fourth Mishnah of the chapter. And the Mishnah goes on to explain, tanur shahisikor but chamon. Chamon is cumin, by the way. Really interesting use of Mishneh word, which sounds clearly, you know, has the same etymology as an English word. An oven is heated with cumin of truma. So we're burning the cumin interesting question which i can't answer today as to what whether you're allowed to burn the cumin if it's truma and then we're baking bread in the oven which is heated with the burnt cumin the mishnah is very clear you can eat the bread come on there's no taste of cumin Eila Reach, come on. There's only the smell of cumin. So perhaps there's a disagreement between Rabbi Meir and Rabbi Huda as to whether the bread placed over the barrel of wine is absorbing, um, which is w- w- whether the aroma that it, it absorbs is really material or not. But the Mishnah seems to say at the end of um, Mishnah 4 that. According to the halacha, aroma is not material for taste. In other words, taste matters, but aroma does not matter. And that's a principle which I think we're going to probably follow up in the rest of the chapter. Thank you for listening to this edition of the Daily Mishnah podcast with Benedict.